Good morning and welcome to the new media show. For those of you on Facebook, you've been watching for five minutes of us flail here. But uh, for everyone else, we're on Blab, we're on YouTube, and we're on Facebook. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know what I did, Rob, is um, I, I, I had to plug in an audio input that was not being fed by anything. <laughs> That's how I was able to get the... Uh, uh, audio shut down to blab. There's no way to really mute yourself over there. So anyway, good morning. Welcome. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, for the audience that's joined us on, on blab, thanks for being here. And, and we are, uh, we're watching, uh, watching the, doing the show kind of awesome. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, maybe in a, <clears throat> a later show, We'll be able to pull this off without a hitch, but that that also includes letting you get in here by six o'clock. Skype for some reason wasn't letting you in this morning. So. Yeah, it was really weird. The uh, one of your Skype, uh, you know, it's Pod, it's GNC Pod uh, right. two, just kept going to voicemail. <laughs> so so weird. What happens? Oh with my this god! Stuff yeah, and it's and there's nothing's changed. And Skype to Skype, he's not supposed to have money, but it says to add credit. So who knows? Maybe it. Requires a credit card now. Just do Skype to Skype. But, I hope uh, not. Yeah, me too. But, that would uh, suck. <laughs> so anyway, we're uh, we're here to do a new media show, and uh, this kind of today is uh, going to be off the cuff. And uh, so I am watching two chat rooms. I'm watching the chat room on uh, newmediashow.com forward slash live. I'm watching the Blab chat room, but with Facebook, if you are in there, there's no way to stop the video. So when I'm in a bandwidth denied environment, which we are now because we're pushing as much as we can push, um, it uh, I don't want that return stream coming the entire time on the on the Mac. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, uh, Kath, Catherine, or uh, just commented. So I will be even more impressed if you can keep up with all the chats. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll we'll keep up. No no sweat. <laughs> so rob uh you know uh it was funny we had tom on last week and um em almost immediately upon hanging up from that call we saw an article that came up that addressed exactly what we were talking about in yep. the press um taking on that report and starting to interpret that the download was dead so i, I just had to yes. laugh yeah, yeah, it was exactly what my worry was, right? It was yeah. the the interpretation would it's like fuel for the fire, you know? Yeah. And so. uh I was just you know, I I had to giggle when we were done because it was just <laughs> it was uh it was I uh, you know, if if we'd had if I'd seen that article like an hour earlier, I could have uh and just said, "Hey, um Tom, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> this is being interpreted wrong. I didn't, haven't listened to his latest show. Did he talk about us at all? <laughs> no, I haven't actually heard it either. Okay. Well, we didn't yeah. get, we didn't get too know. much. We didn't get too much feedback on the last show. So you guys uh, need to uh, pop over there and uh, listen to the last one at newmediashow.com and tell us what you think. Uh, yeah, it's also the well, it's the it's it's the last two shows actually we right. covered that. So <laughs> two shows ago, we actually really kind of uh, tore it apart. Uh, it was when we had Tom on that, that, that we actually uh, were actually nice about it. <laughs> yeah. 
and and we were nice to him um so it's you know that's the main thing here oh yeah well i mean there's no reason not to be i mean other than just you know looking at what's really going on here and not sugarcoating it right <laughs> i'm trying to see if i have lower thirds no i don't have any lower thirds for us i'm slacking today yeah, yeah. well it, anyway um so what else is going on in this space? You know, it's been it's been a uh, you know for me it's been kind of kind of like a recovery week because I got in on uh, on Tuesday, flew back to Honolulu on Tuesday, and you know it's you know you take four or five days off, and even though you're catching up with email, you're really not caught up with everything. So it's just uh, space is not slowing down, Rob. It is. I mean, it is still cooking. Uh, businesses. Uh, I'm doing calls almost every day, two to three meetings a day, meeting with podcasters, meeting with uh, radio. Uh, it, it's not, you know, businesses you know, is still booming as far as, you know, the corporate side. Now, on the podcaster side, a typical June, July, August is a normal. It slows down. A yeah, it slows yeah. down. So, yeah. but I, maybe that's something we should talk a little bit about the content creators today. I took three shows off. I was only going to take two off. And my audience actually, I got some uh, complaining. Uh, some people emailed me and said, three? Really? Three? Um, yeah. What's happening, Todd? You're slacking off. Yeah. Right? Are you okay? Uh, yeah. So um, two is typically about all I can normally take off. And, you know, if you're doing content this summer um, and you are, my, you see, my content is timely. I, I yeah. do the show prep an hour and a half before I do the show. Yeah. So it's not like I can record in advance. Um, you know, we've been encouraging podcasters to keep it going. Right? Yes. Don't slow down during the summer. And, and if you have to yep. record ahead, if you're going to take a vacation for a couple of weeks, record ahead and have them set to auto publish. And that way you at least be on schedule. So I think that the big, big news of the, of the week uh, was oh, the yeah. scripts act, uh, purchase of stitcher. Right. So we yeah. should probably, probably make sure we cover that thoroughly. Yeah. So that to, to me, and I guess we ought to try to get uh, the other Rob on. I don't know if he'll be able to comment on it, uh, Rob over at Scripps. But yeah, it. Um, well, you know, I had already said uh, 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 two or three weeks ago we knew that Stitcher has is down by at least fifty percent on its global market share. Market right. share. Yeah. Um, at least as it looks in the stats. Now, I'm sure there's been some increased volume, so maybe they're not down that much, just to be fair. But at least from a global market share, they are way down. Yeah. And so a lot of podcasts have some concerns about what's going to happen here. That they're, they're not making any big changes initially. But they obviously, to me at least, on the surface, it looked to me like they went after that injection system they have, the advertising insertion system. Yeah, but that's an injection system that's um, for streams only. Well, I understand so, that. Yeah. So that's, you know, and then we fall back to the same theme, right? Right. Um, you know, of what we've been talking about the last couple of episodes. But but I'm not so sure that it's, it's the same. Uh, I mean, it is the same issue, but I'm not sure. You know, as you look at what mid-roll media is doing, I think they're they're looking to to build you know a vertical vertically um kind of compatible ecosystem for delivering content and working with partners and 
And I, you know, Stitcher is a very interesting move on their part, I think. Um, I'm assuming that their, their premium app, Howl, will get somehow merged into Stitcher somehow, is my, my speculation. I don't know for sure, but that would make the most sense. Ah, you just went tiny screen on me. So keep talking there. I'm trying to fix you. I'm tiny screen? Okay. Um, yeah, so I think that the, the Stitcher purchase was actually, I, I think, a good value for scripts. I think getting it for four and a half million, yep. uh, I think, is, is, is a pretty good price. I so think it was 5.4, wasn't it? Well, it's in the news as uh, 4.5. Oh. Um, and I guess they have 8 million registered users and about 65,000 podcasts that they've gotten into their catalog. Now, keep in mind that um, the podcasts that they've added to the catalog, each one of them are under, uh, under a terms of service uh, because they are currently caching and redistributing the, those shows. And that they're, Yeah, correct. Not all of them are, are doing that, but most of them are. Uh, there are some special side deals that are in there uh, with especially some of the big publishers that are passed through. Yeah. And, um, and, and honestly, Spreaker is doing that as well. We have thousands of shows that are passed through also. Yeah. Um, so we're, I think that that's, that's a good direction for them to be going towards more is just pass through. I don't sure that there's a lot of rationale for, for caching and re restreaming at this point. But it does go back to the question, Todd, that we've been talking about for a while. Is this industry heading towards streaming? Well, um, it made me laugh, though, because I thought they got like one-tenth of the features that we actually have in the platform, in our platform, that's commercially available to be purchased um, for, for that type of money. I just, I, I had to kind of actually laugh a little bit because yeah. uh, they could have just uh, came to us and had a, they could have had a platform for the same type of platform with more features. Uh, yeah. I don't understand. Be honest with you. maybe they bought the users. Well, I think it's a you know it's a little bit of a PR play. It's a little bit of a of a capture a big name in the space. Yeah, um, play. I think uh, you know there's a lot of pieces to this that that actually make sense to me from a larger company perspective. Um, yeah, for me, it doesn't, I don't understand yeah. the purchase. I, you know, yeah. to be honest with you, it's on a, well, you know, it, it the problem, do they want access to that smaller inventory of podcasters that aren't producing as much volume? Is that well, the I play? Think, well, I think one of the advantages for them here is that yes, they do have 8 million registered users and, uh, Stitcher has been and continues to be seen as a, you know, as a major, distribution platform for podcasts so it's, it's seen as but it yes. isn't uh, no i i i agree with you yeah but it does have that perception out there right and it does have uh, a little bit stronger agreements with sixty five thousand shows than what typically typically exists with other distribution platforms um so i mean they are in some ways getting 65,000 shows that have a, a tighter relationship with. But don't you uh, think they're going to have to go back and re-ask people to re-agree well, to a time, terms of service? 
Well, it just depends on if they're going to change their model. They, they may not change their model too much. I think that if they were smart, that they would probably add download capability to the platform. And I think that's what they will do. Um, because Stitcher currently doesn't have that. Yeah, it's just a streaming app only. Yeah, so... On-demand streaming app. I mean, just knowing the guys at Midroll and knowing scripts and and what they're doing in the space, I I would say that um, that that would be one of the first things that they do is add add a download component, Mm -hmm. I would hope. You know, and if Rob's listening uh, or Adam or any of those guys over there, I would hope that you would at least add that option to the app. Well, Adam's I, Adam's leaving. So no, I know he is, yeah. but, but he's going to be be there for at least another month consulting with them. Um, and I, I'm not sure who's going to take over, but who knows? It could be one of the guys in the management team right now is my guess, um, but I'm not sure. I thought it was, of course, I, you know, my tinfoil hat, I kind of was like, wow, same day they announced the acquisition of Stitcher, then they... And Adam announced he's leaving. I was kind of surprised about that. That just to me, typically that, you know, that has connotations. And I was told by a respectable party in the space that that was not the case. It just happened to be the same day they announced that, that they, I guess, two birds in one stone, get all the news out there at once. Yeah, I think it was just, uh, you know, maybe coincidental or I don't know. I mean, I haven't heard anything specific about what what's going on with adam um everybody's pretty tight lip about it so i'm not sure that he's even told anybody what's happening next well he wrote sent out an email that was yeah. widely spread and i'm sure it just went to the mid-roll folks uh, and their podcasters but he sent basically says he's going to work on his other startup oh so okay. that's his plan he's okay. gonna he's been okay. dividing his time Oh, interesting. Yeah. So that's he's gonna. Focus did he on that. say what his other startup was? Uh, he did. But I I didn't know what it was. So okay. you know, I hadn't looked it up. Uh, Kathy's asking, "What does it mean for us?" I just set up my account to run my podcast. I'm wondering how that will help or hurt if it means I should drop that or keep it. Really, they're not a. They are just a syndication platform. They're really not a hosting platform. Well, though it is an interesting question, um, they could take it in that direction if they wanted to, right? Uh, become a hosting platform. Yeah, yeah they could. Yeah, yeah. They, they could, but yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, I'm not saying that they, they, they will do that because I think um, Stitcher is more known for being a, being a distribution platform. Right. But it's been, you know, the, the, the whole Stitcher thing is, a, is kind of a long-term kind of struggle right right i mean it's the whole model that uh apple lives in and now google's getting into it is right okay what and i dealt with it when i working on zune for for microsoft is that just being an aggregator and a distribution platform uh does not um it's not an easy model i mean it's hard to make money doing that well the, the key is in the relationships you know and well, that, well it is but but how do you justify the investment in capital into a application platform that um, just distributes podcasts? I mean, it where is the ROI on that for any company again, of any scale? Again, I think it's about getting a platform that they they, they yeah. don't have to build. 
you know, scripts uh, you know, buy or build. That's what's been pretty obvious here from the uh from what yeah. they're they're doing. And they're doing a lot of buying instead of building. So maybe they buy and they're gonna build a little bit. Yeah. But but you know, well, that, they definitely did not have an ad injection system. No. <clears throat> so that's that's true and and they they also didn't didn't really have much of a tech team either right and now now todd Todd Pringle, who's been on this show uh is going to be you know continuing to lead that effort um with with the stitcher app uh over at uh, over at midroll and I think that's an interesting situation. I know Todd was pretty frustrated i think in trying to get the um the Stitcher app integrated into the the Deezer ecosystem, uh, and we've talked about this this many times on this show. It's it's a difficult thing to do successfully is integrate podcasts into a music service. Yep. Um, and and I think this is like this is like the leading edge of that um, struggle, and and unless um, Google makes some changes and Spotify makes some changes to their approach to this market. Um, I, I think it's going to struggle, and but I think Todd is going to be really, really happy to be with Midroll Media because he's going to be with a compatible team that's going to have a focus on podcasts and not a focus on music. So the question then becomes: Does the does Midroll start requiring its clients that it works with to, to come to their platform? Are they going to force them? You know, are they going to make these guys move off their dot coms? Are they only? Are they going to be? You know, are they? Are you going to have mid roll stuff uh, showcased on the front of Stitcher, with, to the detriment of other shows that are listed over there? You know, that is what we all need to watch for and see what happens. Because I don't, I would be surprised if they did that, because that would just disgruntle people within the space. So I, you know, I, I firmly believe that they will use Stitcher as a farm. And they will try to find shows that are doing well, and they will farm shows to yeah. move to mid-roll uh, on that uh, on that platform. Sure. So. Well, I, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, it is a, a streaming platform. They are currently uh, running ad, ad-injected um, ads into shows on that platform. Yep. Um, you know, mid-roll is an advertising sales company. Yep. So there certainly is ad inventory that can be sold, um, but it does lead you back to um, streaming. You know yeah. that's that's the that's the the big direction here, and and downloads isn't part of the mix. Well, at least not on Stitcher. No, exactly. I mean that's exactly what. But those exactly shows. What I'm saying. But those shows on Midroll already have download component through. Correct. The other, you know, where there are through their. Are. The, their SoundCloud hosting, right? Um, which, which, which you know, which is working they, for them. But on remember, the other they platforms. don't. Not all their stuff is on SoundCloud. They have stuff. We have clients yeah. that are hosting with us. Libsyn has clients that are hosting with them that are mid-roll clients. Yes. So yes. it's yeah, it's their stuff's all over the place. Yeah, and that's they. Who knows? They may want to have their own platform eventually and pull all that stuff together. And I think that the the IAB metric standard stuff is going to become pretty important to them. I think. And Stitcher hardly has anything in the metric side, so hmm. Yeah. 
So as you start thinking about the IAB, is there any update on the IAB from, that you can tell us? Uh, I know they're having a meeting Monday. I know they're making good progress. That's really all I can tell. I, I know they're trying to clean the document up at this point, get through a few. You know, we're getting close to <laughs> podcast movement, so I don't know. Uh, we'll see. And that thing has a, has a mind of its own. We had a few more people join the committee, and whenever that does, that seems to disrupt things for a few days. Uh, but, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's still continuing to, to make progress. So is there any kind of disruption or people challenging what's happening? Uh, just, you know, it, it's a lot of time it's education and you, know, you only have to spend 15 minutes getting people up to speed and, um, and, you know, now we're into the point of, you know, going through specific points and, uh, you know, and what it is that the measurement committee is still has the document, uh, not the measurement committee, the technical committee has the document. It hasn't even been turned back to the measurement committee. And so the subcommittee has the document and going through it. it it's going to be really close, but I, you know, Rob, I, your guess is as good as mine, but I had hoped that they would have it ready by podcast movement. Maybe not. I, I just, I don't know if we're going to be that far along or not. Uh, yeah, I was hoping that something was going to come out Me too. as part of the podcast movement because then we could talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, there, uh, and, and there's going to be some stuff to talk about for sure um, when it comes to that. And, you know, here's the problem that uh, a lot of these companies that are in the space, um, they're going to have to make major changes to their infrastructure to be able to be compliant. Yeah. Um, we're going to have a few small tweaks. Yeah. Um, just because we've, there's been some, you know, give and take when it comes to negotiating points. Uh, but, uh, out, out of the, out of the gate will be, you know, at least I feel we will, like I should be able to make the statement that we're compliant. Uh, but it's now down just to a lot of, uh, negotiation on how often, uh, for example, uh, it's, it's and part of it's to do with the public radio folks and them saying, Oh, we want to, uh, you know, the, the number of hours between seeing an IP and whether or not you count that again. And it's those type of technical terms we're down to now, I think mostly uh, with, the, with the measurement uh, group and arguing that out. So, so how do you see this, the, this, okay, this recommended standard that's coming out? I mean, from your perspective, I mean, you're going to continue to improve what you guys are doing. Um, that's probably gonna gonna be ahead of where that IEB standard is. I, would that be a? I mean, so when I say ahead, I mean you're gonna have capabilities still still in your platform that don't exist in the IEB standard. That's is what true. I'm saying. Yeah. Well, we will we will meet all of the specs. Minimum that, specs. Yeah. Right. And then okay. and then we then we go beyond. Yeah, for sure. Okay. And you know what is the difference between what the minimum spec is and then the beyond how much more do i drill down well quite a bit does that change the actual reporting total um in the scheme of things on big buys probably not a lot but uh you know it's the stuff it's the stuff like looking for fraud um yeah. and detecting that and being able to squash it is the you know those are the type of things that don't necessarily add up to a reportable number it's just what we do you know that fraud stuff we just kill you know if we see a trend we just we we pounce on it but um yeah we'll see and, you know 
be honest with you, I'm, you know, we've been busy. We're launching PowerPress sites next week. And oh, yeah. Um, okay. Awesome. So it's I, my head's been down and, and basically the, the grindstone getting that ready to, to come out. And uh, matter of fact, I marked up 13 screen captures last night at 1030 last night on a Friday with a cocktail in my hand. And <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and I, I think, too, is the Stitcher thing. We're going to have to see what they do because there's been a bit of trust loss with the transition. So they're going to have to rebuild the trust with the community. Uh, yeah. They're going to have to rebuild the relationships. And they were pretty good at it before, to a certain extent. Yeah. As big companies like that can be. But, yeah. uh, and I think they're going to have to come out with some details on what they're going to do. And I think once they do that, probably the community will either get behind them or they will be very vocal like they normally are and they'll complain. Uh, uh, I'm not willing to speculate at this time, but, uh, um, I, I can't imagine them doing thing that will, will upset the community. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was actually a little surprised. I mean, I, I, th- I saw, you know, a few people, I can't say it's a huge amount of people that were kind of upset with the transaction. And I was like, um, my comment back was, I thought that, the that was good news yeah. for Stitcher. Sure. And, and, but, but a lot of people in the podcasting space are like saying, no, it's terrible. And well, they've lived uh, to see another day. I think they were on, uh, yeah. I, I don't, you know, if it was four point something million dollars, I think they got themselves a, a bargain. Oh yeah. I, I totally agree. I mean, there was probably close to $20 million invested in that company right. to build it. Um, no, they're not, and, they're, no one's buying us for $4.5 million. I can tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what you're saying there, Todd. Well, I'm saying what I'm saying. <laughs> I, it's either a lot or it's not enough. Yeah. Oh yeah. no, that was, it, yeah, they, they got a bargain. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I that, agree. Yeah, that was, that was fire sale prices. <laughs> I mean, cause I, I'm, I trust the guys at Midroll more than to, to do the right thing with yeah. Stitcher that then I trust the guys at Deezer. I mean, I'll just yeah. say it Frank. Yeah, I, mean, I think so too. Yeah. I mean, those, the, the guys from mid roll are good guys yeah. that, that they're doing good stuff in the space yep. and why we would think that they would be a, a bad steward of Stitcher, I think is, uh, is crazy. Now no, I don't, it, I, I yeah. wouldn't say that at all. And, and I think that the, I think at the end of the day, the reason people complain about it is just because people are ticked off that they're 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 caching and re hosting. Uh, I think that's the core of well, the that's complaint. Been, that's right? been the case from the beginning. So you, yeah. you're, if, okay, if you don't There's like it, new. yeah, it's nothing new. So get your show off there then. If you don't like it, they'll complain, but they'll be the same people to leave their show on there. I'm not taking my shows off. Stitcher. But I think it's. <clears throat> I mean, I think it's. Uh, fair that people you know complain if they, they don't like the the rehosting but the truth is is Stitcher is currently doing today pinging your hosting server yeah. so you are getting those counts that's right maybe maybe Stitcher isn't doing it in a tremendously advanced way that's giving you really deep metrics um, but maybe that's maybe that's still possible that um, that Midroll will be sensitive to those topics and you, you don't see, do, you don't do see, a much better job. You don't see Google play pinging back. No, you well, don't, not, 
Not yet, anyway, right? You don't see SoundCloud pinging back. You yep. don't. You don't see any. You know they. Yeah. They don't care. Yeah, and but though Google has said that they're going to issue an API eventually. Eventually, I, I've been told that the, the basically that API has been built. It's just uh, there's no documentation for it yet. So that who knows what that really means. Um, but we should see that in the future here. Yeah. Um, and you know, so hopefully that same scenario will happen. And if we keep commenting about this and telling um, the mid-roll folks that that's that's what we need um, who knows those guys are much more responsive to the podcast community than yeah. than Deezer was and I think Todd you know I think we need to, as a community I think we need to embrace Todd probably more um, so probably I'll, I'll I'll try and get Todd to come back on this show and yep. maybe reconnect with the community a little bit more and um, he was you know, he was basically left to hang to dry by Deezer. Oh yeah, I mean he was out there flying back and forth to Paris and with meetings and stuff, and I could just tell that they you know he wasn't really making any significant progress. Um, and their market share was dropping. They didn't have like a like a representative here in the U.S. that was kind of like the face of Stitcher. Um, they weren't really doing any aggressive marketing for 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 Stitcher in the U.S. like they spent years doing. It's um, and it and it probably was burning a, a pit. You know, it was probably burning a pile of cash every month. Um, I would assume it was burning a pile of cash because you have to keep the servers up, keep things running, no matter what. So, you know, from an infrastructure standpoint, their base costs didn't change. Their personnel costs definitely went down because they you know, got rid of everybody. Yeah. I you know I don't know how many's left over there. Twelve, really? Yeah, so they had twelve people um, that that made made the jump over to um, over to midroll. Twelve? Twelve people. Why yep. haven't we been hearing from twelve? Yeah, that's that's the number that was uh, reported in the news anyway. That that surprises me because is it low you, or high? It's high because you. It's been like a ghost town over there. You haven't heard from anybody. Uh, I know. Well, that's because I don't believe that they had any marketing people. I think that that's all uh, product people. So that's wow. all people that were managing servers, working on the infrastructure, you know, but per, programmers, you know, but engineer types. Okay. It, that many... Yeah, you know, I, I only have a team of thirteen, and it's like okay. Well, Spreaker's got thirteen people, so I think we're all you know that's about the size of a startup company these days is around ten hmm. to fifteen people. Hmm. But you know, I think that they probably had like two or three engineers that were working on each of their apps, right? Um, but nothing got updated. It's been stagnant, so I don't understand. Oh, so no, so you didn't see any app updates? I I'm haven't. sure that they probably pushed app, maybe, app updates. Maybe, yeah. Hmm. I, I, I mean, because as Apple and, and Google, has, has anybody their, in the audience had any interaction with the uh, with Stitcher in the past year and a half or two years? Anyone actually talked to someone over there besides watching? You know, I 
I'm just kind of curious. Well, yeah, that's going to change. Yeah, I think Todd Pringle has been really the face of Stitcher for for the last year. Yeah. Um, and 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 Todd's not necessarily a you know an out there get involved in the community guy. Um, though though he's a great guy and yeah, and he's, I, I think he would be fantastic at that. But he's a he's like the VP of product, so he's heads down doing dev and and managing a dev team. Right. So. Uh, it's kind of hard to be be the face as well as do all that work. Yeah. Someone says, I tried to get a podcast ownership transferred on Stitcher, and it was like talking to a brick wall. That's why I said. No one's had any action with anybody over there. So, yeah. um, Well, it's good that we're talking about it now yeah. because, They'll because... Be, Rob, you're listening. I know you're listening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, hey, hey, so I don't think that Rob is really, really in charge of that. I no, think it no, would no. be more, more, uh, you know, the management team over yeah. mid roll. Yeah. Um, well, and, we'll, we'll see. But Rob, yeah. you guys still need a stat system. We need to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Always pitching, 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 pitching. And we're talking to someone that uh, works at uh, Scripps. <laughs> so, I mean, given, given this, as you think about it from the big picture, right? Midroll up to this point has been host reads, download driven uh, platform. This purchase does signal to me a, a potential change in direction. Um, that's that is my my comment here, and 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 my comment gets back to streaming. So it's, I mean, are we seeing Todd? I mean, I mean, whether or not we like it or not, are we seeing a a shift here? Well, as I told, we had it um, every month. We do a team call because my team is spread out just like your team is like you know you're here the rest of the team is in europe yeah. and um you know my team is columbus uh, new york uh, you know all over the place colorado and uh, michigan so the um I talked a little bit about company philosophy and this is pretty public you know i'm not this is nothing that is a secret but i you know i told the team i said you know we just we have to continue to remember the listener. It's a listener's choice. We don't care. I don't care how they get to the content long as they get to the content. Yeah. Well, at the same time, I mean, until my, until I'm thrown to the curb, um, we will support the download and we will make sure that, uh, the, um, the audience members, uh, have a choice. And those audience members that are like my sister who are in the country, who have yep. four kids and two parents, six people on a single data plan, um, <laughs> are able to come home at night, connect via Wi-Fi, and download podcasts and have them on demand to listen when they want to, yeah. um, and instead of burning through data. I, again, I don't care. Yeah, how, how I don't either. Listen. Yeah, and I and I, I think the the first person, the first company that takes away the ability for listeners to download. Um, so that's just sheer insanity. Well, let's, let's look at Stitcher. Stitcher took it away and they're well, losing. They've never, the had, they've never had it. They I know. Never, well, they never had yeah. download and they did climb to be the second largest distribution platform. True. I, as a stream only platform, but they were right. only 7% and they hadn't really climbed much over the years so no, that's true 
that's true. So how much market share are you going to get being stream only? You know? Yeah, you're going to be be capped. So, you know, I think it does it does build a case for if uh, Midroll wants to keep Stitcher as a primarily a streaming platform that they need to add that download component and that that'll set the company up for um, hopefully more more rapid growth. Um, yeah. And I think that, that that would be the case for any platform. I I think it's a mistake to to uh, for any platform to eliminate the ability to download. And uh, I think having that in there, I think, is critical to building your your platform. So, and if you just look at the breakout, and let's just you know, we we can there's a couple assumptions that we can make. Um, mobile web browsers today, at least in our stats that we put out in April, make up thirty point three percent of listens to podcasts. That a mobile web browser initiated something to listen to a show. Desktop web browsers were eleven point three. So if we if we add those two together, forty one point six. We can for sure undoubtedly say that either someone clicked play on a player mm-hmm. or they downloaded the media file in the mobile web browser. Now, if we look at the, well, maybe that isn't the right example. Maybe we should talk about apps. I don't know. But I do know that... Um, a large number of folks are listening to podcasts a variety of different ways. Maybe that's the best way to say it. We were tracking yeah. 150 to 150 so applications that can consume podcasts. People forget that, you know, there's all kinds of software, all kinds of apps, and it's they come in every shape or color. It's just not iOS, even though that percentage of iOS device, non-iOS devices is much lower. Um, still people listen a variety of ways. You have to support them all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I mean, it's, it's, it's a very diverse, you know, distribution consumption ecosystem. Um, I just think in Todd, in the bigger picture, I think dynamic insertion is going to, going to become stronger and stronger. Did you get a chance to, to watch the, the Hyvio conference? I did. Um, uh, Mark Ramsey? No. You didn't? Okay. There was quite a few speakers that, that were up there, and the one that really stood out for me was um, Sarah Van Mosel, who's yep. now now with the ACAST folks, but formerly yep. was you know in charge of um, advertising and sponsorship at yep. WNYC. Yeah. Uh, she was up on stage doing a presentation about kind of the future of podcasting and the 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 direction of the ecosystem and it's definitely worth watching her presentation i think she's really got her finger on the pulse of of the ad business um uh, as far as from the perspective of uh, how ad injection uh is gonna gonna play out in the future um and you know who knows i mean as you think about google play i i can't seem to get it out of my head that that that's that's the that's the angle that those guys are going to take in the long run. Well, um, you know, and again, I go back to what this audience has heard many, many times. Those of you listening to the show, you are the radio station, you are the radio manager, and you are also the talent. So yeah. when these streaming platforms come to you and say, hey, we, we can advertise in your show, you don't have to do nothing, just create your content, 
be prepared to get like six dollar CPMs. You know? That's true. That uh, is pre- the that is the downside of what, yeah, what could be, happen. Be prepared there. not to get paid crap for your content. So, well, the same thing. I mean, if you if you look at YouTube, I think YouTube is a good example of what could happen here. They're, um, well, they're worse because only a few people in YouTube actually make money. At least in yeah. this space, I got podcasters that have two, 3,000 people listening to their show. They can actually make money versus on YouTube, you have two, 3,000 people listening. You're never getting a check. Yeah. Well, it is still, you know, a scale business um, to some degree. I mean, you're correct on that. Um, but I think the, the advertisers get most excited about big shows still. Yeah, iTunes ecosystem uh, guy, someone's asking in the chat room, right now the entire iOS ecosphere, and that includes a combination of apps, browsers, everything, uh, the Apple ecosphere right now, at least in our reporting, is at 65.9%, with the Android ecosphere at 169 which is way up. Yeah. And it, But again, it's not that the... Let's be careful here. That's not less listeners. That's more listeners using more diverse listening methods. Yeah. Well, clearly this space is is growing at a higher rate now than, than it has been over the last 12 years. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that there's a lot more attention in the space now than there ever has been. Yep. Um, and I think that's a good thing. Um, so he wanted some different, if you go over to powerpresspodcast.com, if you go over and there's an article that was uh, released on May 17th called, um, Podcast to listeners, tuning blueberries to surprising is basically look for, for the article on May 17th. Why are your podcast? Where are your podcast listeners tuning in? There's a full breakdown of everything there from April. Yeah. Powerpresspodcast.com. You know, I, I've um, already talked to my team and shared with them what I think it's going to take to do injection correctly to keep the CPMs up. Um, uh, you know, there is a way to do it. Programmatic is not ever going to sustain $20 CPM. There's still going to, have to be a man in the middle that is going to negotiate out an ad deal um, to get to 20 you know, 25 or higher. Um, but you will, uh, we will be able to automate um, a lot of those campaigns at that level done correctly but uh media buyers today can buy youtube really with a snap of a finger and um that ease of being able to buy youtube is uh is liked a lot because quite frankly most media buyers are lazy they don't want to go through the two or three week process of doing a, a proposal and that's money and manpower they would rather just buy inventory at a at a set price relatively cheap yeah. price so that may be the road ahead for some, for some of us. But I, I, you know, I just can't. At this point, I'm not willing to abandon ship. Yeah, yeah. Not at six dollar six dollar CPM. I can't live in Hawaii, Rob. <laughs> well, Todd, do you know of any <laughs> uh, successful or even active pr- programmatic ad buying that's going on in the podcasting space yet? None. I haven't heard of any. Um, now, I'll take that back. 
Uh, Triton and AdWiz are probably doing some, but again, I don't know the. They've rates. launched those things. I mean, I know that they've been talking about it for at least a year and a half now. Uh, Triton but. Tap is uh, in use. It's tied to an ad buying platform. Um, AdWiz, I'm pretty sure too. Okay. So, but again, I don't know. Again, you don't I, hear I, much about those well, things. They have a sale. It's not automated. They still have a sales team. Yeah. And remember, when you anytime you get a sales team in the middle. So. <laughs> all right, I work on a seventy thirty split. When I work okay. with a media buyer, they take fifteen percent. I'm left with fifteen percent. And I give the, the, the podcaster the remaining 70% of the pie. Yeah. All right. So my margin on a deal and most campaigns is 15%. And so yeah. there's, if I'm working with a media buyer, they take their cut. Yeah. Um, if we're talking about programmatic, we're talking about a sales team that's doing the sales and is going to do automated injection, we take a $10 bill. First of all, the injection costs thirty-five cents. Yeah. Now that's that's the cost to do injection with these companies is thirty-five cents off the top. So that leaves you with sixty-five six that's, six. That's that's thirty-five cents per thousand. Per thousand, but I'm just using a ten-dollar bill as an example. Yeah. Not thirty-five cents. Thirty-five percent or thirty. It's to me. I've never heard thirty-five cents per thousand. If that's the case, and that's. That's reasonable, but I've never heard 35. It's typically 35% of the total overhead. If, you, if you're dealing with a sales team that's doing the injection. Oh. oh, okay. I see what you're saying. That's the sales cost as well as the injection? No, the sales cost is another 30%. So okay. you, could well, have, you could have 65 cents on the dollar on an ad deal going towards just the delivery and the sales team and you could be left with 35 cents well i know that the the white or folks that do you know with that that was formerly Casfire were doing i think that their current quotes right right now for added ad insertion yeah um i think is in the 30 cent per thousand range right now um but that doesn't uh i think it depends on the plan you're on if you are bringing your own ads. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they're selling the ads too, they're taking a higher cut. Right. It's the ad, it's the ad sales commission. Yeah, you're right. So, you know, the cost just to get it in and out the door is pretty high. Yeah. But you're typically going to be paying that ad sales commission, whether or not. um, Right. You're going to pay that. No matter where you percent is going to go, but, the, the yeah. difference is, is you don't, with a traditional podcast advertising model that I use, that's yeah. your cost is at 30%. That's it. You know, that's, that's the, you're, you, you get the rest. The pie is not as great when you are doing programmatic ad injection. So it might be six, but you might end up with, uh, you know, three bucks of that, you know, after yeah. cost. Yeah. Because they well, don't I say net, that, they say gross. The gross, we're going to give you a gross deal. Remember, there's a difference between gross and net. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there is. And, and that's probably why a lot of these companies, uh, NPR and others, are actually acquiring their own ad insertion right. technology because to, to outsource this stuff is pretty expensive. Yeah, uh, It's not, it's not going to be for 
every podcaster. Well, they're it, not going to want to get involved in this at that level at this point at the cost that, that, that are associated with doing ad insertion. And, you know, the big problem is, is that the, um, well, the, the, let's go back to the, just do a reality check. I, I just responded to a guy in the email this morning asking me about uh, back catalog. You know, can we advertise in back catalog? Well, most advertisers today don't want to advertise in back catalog. They only want to advertise in new episodes. It's very rare that a media buyer will allow back catalog to be um, advertised in. Um, they they just want the new episodes. So yeah, but but on on host reads, uh, it's baked into the content. They're automatically in the archives, of the back catalog. Right, right. right. Yeah. the old ones are. You're right. So yeah. so. The but for those that can that have the ability to rebuild their shows and you know put a new ad in old content, most of the media buyers are not buying back catalog. That's what I'm just saying. They're not. Yeah. Even if it they're was, not, you know, most podcasters aren't even selling their back catalog. Right. right. I think is part of it too. Because and it goes back to that same thing I keep telling you know people again and again and again. Ninety percent of podcasters will get ninety. Five ninety about another ninety percent of their total downloads within the first ninety six hours of their show, you know lifetime downloads. So you know ninety six hours it's burnt. So if for injection for most shows doesn't make any. It, it only makes sense on that first. Well, you're only gonna get paid for ninety six hours, or, or you know it's not it's not like you're gonna make a lot of money off that stuff beyond the first four days, but. Um, so there's really it no. It depends re- on the kind of content too, right? But again, I mean, again, yeah. it goes back yeah. to what I just said, Rob. Yeah. You rebuild it, but the most of the buyers are not buying back catalog. So after yeah. seven days or a month, the media buyers do not want their ads in that content that's older than thirty days. Well, especially brand advertisers. Right. Uh, I think there's a little bit of a distinction between regular DR advertisers and brand advertisers. I think that the direct direct response advertisers don't mind being in back catalog. Well, it's in almost every contract that I've signed in the past five years, no back catalog. Yeah, but you can't, I mean, does that mean that they have to go in and delete it from their archives? No, but they, they don't want the new ads going into back catalog. Oh, yeah, separately, right? Okay. Right. They don't want that. New ad, ad re- they don't want it rebaked back into the old content. This, you know, may not be the case for everyone. Uh, you know, and it's it's sad. You know, it's because there's some shows that do have. Oh my God, they have great long tail. But why is that? Is that just just because of lack of knowledge on the part of the buyers to 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 realize that some shows have strong back catalogs? I I mean, I think it's short sighted. I um, I agree. I, I I agree. I don't be honest with you. I don't know. Well, part of it too, I think, is they sometimes they think those are repeat. I know some folks that have done okay. So what happens uh, from time to time is if a person rebuilds their show and they're d- being downloaded, that software sees that and they think it's a new file because the CRC value has changed, and the software okay. will re-download that file and it probably it may not be listened to. It might just be the software re-downloading and... Really? You think those buyers are that sophisticated that they, they think about the... Some. That, that potential, you know... Well, it's, like, I think it's a lot of... on the system? I think yeah. a lot of it's based upon performance of ad buys over the years when they have allowed uh, 
back catalog to run, and they know that the performance is not as good on back catalog. Wow. Okay. Well, you know, that's, I mean, that, that tells me that these buyers are getting pretty sophisticated in how they're looking at the market. You know, I, I don't have to, when I have buyers call them, I don't really have to go through anything. And we just talk about the deal. We don't talk about stats. We don't talk about measurement. We don't have those conversations anymore. I haven't had those conversations in a long time. So they're, they're already knowing what's going on. Yeah. It's, it, There's no secrets anymore, and they, they also know what each of these platforms is doing. And they, they, and they know who they've the, had experience. And they know who the naughty players are. Yeah. It's, I don't think there's any secrets. Oh, they tell me. They tell me on yeah. the phone. Yeah. And they <laughs> laugh about it, too. They, they do, and they talk like, to one another yeah. about it. Yeah. These, these folks, you know, they change. People just don't understand that if a person starts at agency number one, Three years, he's in agency number two. Three years later, he's at, these guys change agency like to change underwear. You know, so they don't, you know, they are four, five, six, eight. So they're all friends. And they all talk. <laughs> and they all talk. They all get together for drinks and, and they go to conferences and they go to pitches. They're all up the same pitches together and they're all in the back, you know, the thickest thieves. They're, they're going to talk with one another. When we see CPM shifts, it happens across the board because they're all talking about it. You know, so you know come on <laughs> they compete but they're friends you know they all went to college together yeah. sometimes they're married to a spouse that works in a different agency you know so come on <laughs> hey todd there's some i have to say there's some irony of the um the mid-roll purchase of uh of stitcher and i think you know what i'm talking about oh yeah um, <laughs> from a from a competitive standpoint someone um, someone's got to be pissed <laughs> yeah someone's got to be pissed yeah i mean i've been in i mean i've been involved in all these things personally so it's it's uh it's really ironic oh, you know, I, I know i'm i'm throwing something out that you know the people listening here aren't gonna totally understand oh, they're but, gonna understand someone's gonna <clears throat> someone's gonna write it down in chat room here in a second <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> oh yeah yeah because yeah, I, I was i was with a company that tried to buy stitcher too <laughs> if that tells you anything so i i had to uh uh I, that was almost the first thing i thought about so huh huh <laughs> yeah so, so I, who yeah who won that battle in la right right yeah you know so so you I know was, hey it's a great yeah, time it's, it's great time to be a non-acquired podcasting company <laughs> I, I kind of warned those guys down down there when I was down there that uh, don't underestimate mid roll. So, so you know, yeah. and you know that Stitcher. I mean the the scripts folks they uh they're they're making moves. They understand the space. So uh, I don't think scripts is done. We'll see what they do next. Oh no, I don't think they're done either. There, there's big uh, big pockets down there. That's a that's a profitable media company and. Which is unusual in that in that area. <laughs> well, if you look at their, te if, if they're carrying some uh, considerable amount of debt too. So if you look at their, oh, sure. you know, all yeah, those radio companies, I think they're in are. a lot better shape than than a lot of the other big media companies out there that are kind of similar to them. So, but yeah, yeah there's you know, and there's a lot of startups that are trying to make it in the space. You look with Sarah with her startup, uh, but you know they. I, I'll just say there's a lot of shifting of podcasters moving in, moving out, changing here, migrating back. Uh, it's it's a, it's fun to watch it on our side because 
um, someone will leave, a big client will leave, and about two months later, they'll be like, hey, can you migrate me back? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that, that experiment didn't work, did it? And, you, know, you, you know, you really don't say that to them, but you just kind of quietly go, oh, well, that tells you, that, that's an indication of a, uh, something didn't go real good. Yeah. <laughs> And that stuff's going to happen. I mean, it's, right, it's, right, it's right. you know, some, some content doesn't fit on some platforms. I mean, it's, it's just the way the game is played now. So, and there's friendships involved and relationships that yeah. get involved in this stuff too. So it's, um, I think it's really, really interesting that, uh, that podcast movement put, put out on their social platforms that uh, they're almost sold out. Yeah. Only 150 so, seats left. Yeah. So I our, guess our they're, tickets left. They're concerned that they're going to reach their uh, their fire attendance limit. I think is what <laughs> you know per code at the hotel or so, something. So I'm that, not sure. So that tells you that uh, they're going to have to go somewhere else next year if they are tapped, if they're topped out and they're growing. Then they're going to have to find a new venue again. Back to Texas. You think? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe they're going to Vegas. Who knows? Oh, I hope they don't go to Vegas. Yeah. Well, I think they've always had this, this kind of vision that they wanted to say, stay central in the country so they could pull from the east and the west. Yeah, I, I, I hope they don't go to Vegas because there's lots of places. New Orleans, you can have like big convention town. There's, there's lots of places they could go. The south yeah. has been completely neglected. Uh, by, you know, that, they had a conference down in Florida that was pretty well attended. Um, so it's, you know, the East and the West have gotten a lot of attention, but the South has gotten largely ignored. So we'll yeah. see what happens. Maybe they'll go South. Who knows? But that's, yeah. that's good news. So if any of you are not, uh, if you're not going to podcast movement um, and you're thinking about it, you know, this is a time, uh, this is the, this is the next couple of days to make a decision. Uh, it's going to be a great great event um stargate i think what you have to do is you have to be to, to, in, in order to um have a good convention you have to have a be you have to uh, fly to a hub if for example chicago major hub major airline hub yeah. um, atlanta major airline hub so you, you've in order people don't want us to, uh, to, to go two three flights or two flights to get somewhere. They want to be able to go into a major, met they want to, you know, single hop into some place if yeah. possible. So, um, Dallas, Chicago, um, Vegas isn't always a direct flight, but. Yeah, I think it's, it's possible that they could go, go back to Dallas next year. Um, I don't know if there's a bigger facility down there. I would think that. Oh there would. yeah. 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 You know, it, again, uh, you know, big convention. And change the date too, right? <laughs> yeah. You I don't know. think that they're going to do do that date again. My, uh, yeah, you, you, my wife has already evil-eyed me on the, uh, well, we had to change completely. She's going on vacation by herself this year for the first time we've ever done that. She's, because we can't, you know, because of this weird date, um, it totally screwed things up. So we're. You know, we're doing kind of independent family vacations this year. So when are you actually flying into Chicago? Are you coming in on the 5th? Well, because my I, I live close, I'm three hours away, um, I'm going to fly out Friday the 1st. 
and then uh, spend the 4th of July with my, uh, my son is in Michigan with my mom and sister. So okay. uh, going to fly down there and spend the 4th of July with them. Then I'll drive back into Chicago on the 5th. And then he's going to, they'll bring uh, my son to me on the 8th and then him and I will fly home on the 9th. Okay. So um, that's the plan. So I will be, I'll be in there probably mid-morning on the 5th, uh, maybe in the afternoon. But we are having a, a workshop. So any of you that, uh, and we're looking at the numbers. So if you want to attend our workshop, you're going to Podcast Movement. We're having a workshop on Wednesday morning starting at 9 a.m. So if you are in town already into Chicago and you want to attend our workshop, uh, Blueberry's having a workshop, send me an email uh, immediately, Todd at Blueberry.com, and I will get you a, uh, a link so you can sign up for the workshop. It'll be about three hours. Yeah, it's awesome. So. Yeah, I get in on the fifth and fly out on the ninth. So, yeah. um, so it'll be interesting. So, what I mean, be... if you don't have TSA pre already, you do have a little bit of, I'm, you know, basically, uh, it's not a, it's what they call it a certified traveler or something like that. Um, if you haven't applied for that, I would. You've got a. Um, it might be too tight now. Um, that would be a great. It costs eighty bucks to get that. Yeah. But it's, yeah, I have that too. Yeah, the uh, the lines at O'Hare have been bad. Uh, when I got in there the other morning, Tuesday morning, I was, you know, I'm already TSA pre-approved. So for me, it was uh, ten minutes uh, getting through security. But other people it looks like they were waiting as long as an hour. Uh, the yeah. lines were pretty long getting through security. Yeah, no, it's 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 definitely worth it. I have it too. I've had it for over a year now. Or a couple of years now, actually. You have to do a personal interview, so you have to go into an office and actually have an interview. But uh, Fingerprint, the, scan, and yeah, all that stuff. Background yeah. check, all that stuff. Background I, check. Yep. It was easy for me because I'd already had all that stuff done while I was active duty, so I was, it was pretty quick. Yeah, definitely. But it's going to be a good event. Oh, you it's going to be great. Todd, I sent out an email about our, our panel session yep. that we're doing together. Yep. So it's going to be... You know, you, you and me and Rob Walsh yep. and um, uh, Brian Moffat from should, NPR. Should be an interesting and, mix. And, and Mignon Fogarty is going to be on our panel too. So so we're going to have three Hall of Famers on our panel. Wow. <laughs> so I, it should be a good discussion and uh, I have to yep. drudge up some good stuff for you. I have to dig out some drudge. <laughs> yeah. There's plenty to drudge up too. Yeah, and there's and it, it's you would think you know I, I was thinking about my session that I'm doing my personal session and I think oh, I've talked about this before. Do I really want to talk about this? And I, and I got to thinking, I'm like, you know, the crowds are are new, so it's yeah. Like, there's a lot of new people. A lot of new. I mean, yeah, I mean, and that's 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 something you have to keep in mind too. I know a lot of the 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 old timers don't don't go to uh, some of these sessions because there is a lot of redundancy from the past. Um, but I think in our session, I think it's going to be a blend of talking about where we are today, yep. uh, and looking a little bit to the future of, um, what the trend lines are today as you look in to the future five, 10 years from now yep. is kind of, kind of what I'm going to do with it. Because I think a lot of people need to understand, I, I think what the direction of the industry is going towards and, and I, I don't think we know for sure what direction it's going, but but I think that there are some signposts that are pointing to 
how podcasting is going to evolve and change. Um, but these big companies that are in here now, the Spotify and the Google, um, those are big red uh, red markers of the direction. Uh, it could go a couple different directions, but but those are uh, signposts of um, what's happening in this medium. And then you look at the car, and I think those are major signposts of where things are going as well. But we'll dive into that. So go, go to Podcast Movement, and you can hear that talk. And I think they're going to make those sessions available online at some point too. I don't know if it's going to be on a subscription or if you have to uh, – have attended to get access to all those, but, what, but I think they're going to record them. What do you think of our time slot? Um, I can't remember. Is it uh, Friday? I can't Friday. remember. Yeah, close. It's, it's Friday. It's next to yeah. the last, but there's keynotes afterwards. You see that? It was an interesting schedule. The first day is like, first half yeah. of the day is all keynotes. Yeah. I thought that was pretty, uh, well, I just thought it was interesting. My only concern is that is that there could be a lot of people that 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 leave before you right. know what I'm saying right so that would be my only concern on that i mean i I mean I do know that those guys feel like they need to load up the best sessions on the last day um so they get people to stay I didn't uh, see uh I didn't get the cursed uh session after lunch <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The post-lunch sleepy session? Is that what you're talking about? Well, the yeah. post-lunch not make it back session, you know. people. Yeah, are st- well, that's true. It's still talking, yeah. <laughs> yeah, people are, they're, they're still eating, you know, and you're talking to an empty room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that, our session is uh, Friday, July 8th at 2.30 to not, 3.15. Not bad. Yeah. I, I, I would imagine most people, I, I don't know, maybe people will leave on Friday. I'm. I'm there to. I have no choice. I'm there to Saturday morning. But um, people that in a, the business people might start going out of there at beat, around two o'clock. But maybe the podcasters won't. So how do you feel about the that room being called the Pod Track Room? Well, they paid for the sponsorship. They paid for the pleasure. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> so yeah. it was two thousand. I think they paid two thousand dollars for the pleasure to have it called the Pod Track Room. So, oh, did they? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, well, this this panel session is is called "State of Podcasting in 2016," and it, and it's going to have a great uh, lineup of uh, of speakers on stage. People that have been around this space a long time. Um, Here's what I thought was interesting about the PodTrack thing. PodTrack has not participated as a vendor in any events for many, many, many years. Mark shows up and kind of hangs out, but. Yeah. And he does meetings, but he, they've never really had a presence as a vendor for many, many years. So, um, that in itself was telling. What does it tell you? It tells me that they're, they're worried that they're being left behind. And that they're, well, you know, if you, if you, if you, if you haven't been participating and you haven't been engaging, interacting with the community. You know, Mark doesn't, does, when do you, where do you see PodTrack participating besides panels with the space? They put out a, uh, a ranking chart. Oh, well, yeah, their <laughs> ranking chart. <laughs> That's about it though, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, it just tells me that they've decided that they need, maybe they need to become re-engaged. Well, I'm glad that they are. Yeah. 
because I'm going to well, be, we're going to be making a lot of noise. We got three announcements to make for at PM, you know? So, yeah. well, and we're and Spreaker is launching a new CMS system back in. So we're, we're pushing out stuff too. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, I mean, I, I mean, I used to have Mark on, on my panel sessions yeah. and, and, you know, unfortunately, I mean, his name didn't really come up this year, yeah. uh, as an option. Um, I mean, I mean, I, I like Mark and I think he's done a lot of great stuff in the space. Um, but, but he's not on my panels this year. Talk about a person that's fell off the planet. It's cliff. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. He's just where, where, you know, he's still doing stuff, but well, he's, he's always been really quiet though, Todd. There, there's nothing, I mean, I mean, uh, he's, he's been more active than, than normal. You know, he, well, he's involved in the IAB still, right? Oh, and I'm not different cliff. We're talking about Cliff Ravenscraft. Oh, oh Cliff. Oh, Cliff Ravenscraft is yeah. who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I was talking about Mark. Uh, Mark oh, Mark. Yeah, yeah. Mark's still. Yeah, the, yeah. his team is still in, on the IAB stuff for sure. Yeah. You pay that kind of money to belong to the IAB, you participate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Todd. Okay, so you're talking about. Uh, um, uh, yeah, Cliff. Mr. Ravenscraft. Yeah. Cliff. Yeah, he's. Yeah, he's definitely moved in a different direction here. Yeah. He, well, still I mean, does, he still does his show, but, you know, it's... It's not the podcast answer man anymore. No, it's a and, Cliff Ravenscraft show, isn't it, or something like that? It's yeah, really, exactly. So, yeah. yeah, he got in with the marketing folks that said you need to rebrand, or, or he decided, I don't know, somewhere along the line, he decided to rebrand. Yeah, so in some ways, he's kind of like, you know, he's he's moved on from the podcasting stuff to some degree. Yeah. I would say that his Cliff Ravenscraft is, is still focused on podcasting, because that's his bread and butter. Um, but, but it's, it's not, I mean, he's dropped that podcast answer man brand, which was really wow. surprising to me in some ways. Cause he had spent so many years building that. Yeah. Um, but I think he wants to be known more as a public speaker on his own brand and not just podcast guy. I got you. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. so anyway, so, People um, change. yeah, so I'm, as far as podcast movement goes on panel sessions, you know, I have a, another panel that I'm moderating called Meet the New Players in Podcasting. So I'm going to have the the leaders from Spotify and Google on my panel as okay. well. And Rob uh, Rob McCracken is going to be on there from Scripps. Okay. So we're going to talk gonna about... It's going to be a good panel. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so we're going to talk about, you know, the direction that those companies are going to take take the industry. So... Uh, so if you combine that panel with the panel that we're doing, I think you can really see uh, a path that I've taken with podcast movement to to really un pull back the covers on on these big players and also you know see where we are and where we're going. So that's that's my goal anyway. That's talking, you know, the Spotify folks talking about falling off the planet. You know, it's just like wow, I'm surprised they're going. Yeah, well. I mean, from what I gather, they they want to be engaged in the community. So, um, okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. On a relative scale, it's not where they need to be, um, but but it's a start, right? Yeah. So so if they're there, um, the issue that I think that we have there is that um, there's. I think that the staff that they have there isn't really that familiar with podcasting, so I think it's going to be it's going to be a um, a, a eye opening uh, experience for them at Podcast Movement. I think. Well, hopefully so. Yeah. 
Hopefully so. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess we're getting close to the the, the ten thirty hour here. Yeah, we've, we are. And uh, uh, we've managed to make it an hour and a half of talking, haven't we? Yeah. My <laughs> wife has uh, got plans for me. I hear her rattling around back there, so I've got uh, something to attend today. She says you're going with me. We're going downtown. So don't know fully what she has planned, but she did miss my birthday. So maybe it's something birthday related. Who knows? Yeah. So. Okay, yeah. well, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna. I, I was just gonna say, is Cliff um, doing any sessions at Podcast Movement? I didn't see his name. I don't think so. At least I, if he is, I didn't read it. Uh, a lot of names on there that I have no clue who they are. So, uh, <laughs> makes me feel old to be honest with you. Well, I know that the um, Seth Wrestler from Jacobs Media has been really pushing the the radio side for more people from the radio industry to attend podcast. Well, I, hope so we may, I hope they're there. That'd be great. Yeah. So, I, you know, I talked to Seth because I'm on a panel, you know, with, with him also. Um, and he's, he's been really pushing on his side to get, get the radio folks to show up, but he says it's a struggle. There's, you know, that the relationship between radio and podcasting is not an easy one. Um, well, uh, I tell you, the radio folks are, are, you know, we continue to see major growth. I'm picking up one to two, literally yeah. one to two radio clients a week. That's good. That's good so, to hear. So, you know, they're looking for solutions. And so, the, you know, the radio folks are, you know, they're, I'm not saying that many are throwing much budget at it, but some are. So, time will tell where this leads. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a it, it's a transition for them. Yep. It's not an easy one either. Yep. So, so but anyway. Well, folks, you can reach Rob or I. You can reach me at Todd at Blueberry dot com, and uh, or of course at Geek News. Uh, Rob. Uh, uh, Rob at um, RobGreenley dot com, or you can just send me an email to Rob at Spreaker dot com. I'm also on Twitter uh, at Rob Greenley with two E's and uh, and robgreenley.com. So those are the best best places. And I do do a weekly show for Spreaker called the Spreaker Live Show, and that's put out every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern. And uh, I talk about podcasting topics on that. It's more specific to more more show development and marketing and distribution topics on that show. So. Um, but anyway, that's that's on my side. And for those who've been waiting for PowerPress sites, it is finally just about here. Finally. Oh. And on Monday, we push out a beta, uh-huh. beta or release of a new content management system in Spreaker. So we're um, they're they're making changes based on some of my recommendations nice. early on. So of trying to build build a better content publishing system. As I so, say, free WordPress for all. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yep. That's good. You yeah. know, I mean, there's a lot of podcasters that want to own their own stuff and have it on WordPress, and yep. And what what you're doing with with Blueberry and the PowerPress stuff is perfect for what most people need. Okay, um, we made it on. We got YouTube stayed up, Facebook stayed up. Uh, people are going to be very uh, when this thing goes to process they're going to get to see five minutes of flailing so that should be comical <laughs> well i think you can 
cut it out of the on-demand piece, right? No, no, nope. you can't. There's no editing. You cannot. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're stuck with what you got, so you better not make any mistakes on Facebook. On YouTube, you can. <laughs> oh yeah, but are you are you going to put it out in in the RSS feed? Is what I'm saying. Oh, in the RSS feed will be edited. Oh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> but that's also you know that's 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 where the majority of our audience is anyway, right? Yeah, that's so. true. Someone saying is beta open for everyone, or do you have to ask Rob for your stuff at Spreaker? Oh, uh, it's it's pretty much open, but you have to be invited into it, or I mean, not invited, but you have to be added to it. So uh, if you want to send me an email, Rob at Spreaker dot com, I can I can get your account turned on. And for the daring, we we always run a beta for PowerPress. So if you want to be on the beta, just contact the yeah. support team. So yeah, okay, yep. uh, that's going to be it. We're going to wrap this up. Uh, we'll see you next week here on the new media show, and we'll have Dan Franks on talking about podcast movement, which will be exciting. Yep. So uh, yep. set, set your calendar, same time, same bat channel. <laughs> bat channel. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da. That's yeah, right. There you go. All right, man. All right. Take uh, care. We'll see you next time. Take care. Yep. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye.